Hello? Hi, it's Robert. Do you want to be on the show? Never call me again. Hello, welcome. My name is Robert, and this is Never Call Me Again. While traveling the world as an EDM musician, my friend Dr. B is also pursuing his doctorate in forensic psychology. Let's give him a call. Hey, how's it going, man? Not too bad. You're an interesting guy, man. You, um, why do they call you Dr. B? <laughs> um, that's my actual name, and I'm in school to be a psychologist, so I wanted to use something um, that was kind of real and representative of uh, my personality. You know, when I, um, when I was learning about you, um, that made me laugh too. I thought, you know, and so I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to introduce this guy to the, to the handful of people who, who don't know who you are, um, as right. Dr. B and, and we're going to talk about his music, play his music. And we're even going to, um, reveal a brand new track that no one else has heard. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so I'm laughing at that because I'm thinking, well, hold on, you know. And so he is this this insane producer, turntablist, very accomplished. <laughs> and he's also getting his PhD. Is it forensic psychology? Yeah, that's right. I got a few years to go. I probably have about another six years. Um, but yeah, that's my passion. If it's one of them besides music. But yeah, I love uh, I love psychology, and I love seeing I love figuring out. I read like a lot of assessment reports and case studies and things like that. Um, plus, my family and I we we own about two dozen mental health clinics throughout Ontario. So mental health is a big part of our life. But I love seeing why people do the things that they do, and not just regular people. Uh, a lot of those things are, you know, you could figure out uh, quite quickly as, as long as you have the training and understanding. You could figure out why people do what they do. But I'm talking about, like, the worst of the worst of them. You know, like people who could somehow be married, have children, uh, put your kids off into school, and then go down in the basement and plan a major terrorist attack. You know, like, I, that to me, like, I don't get that. So, but it, I love those type of studies. So, yeah, that's my uh, it's my passion and joy. You know, I've been trying to figure people out for fifty years, and you know, so when 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 you when you start figuring people out, and and you're you're well on that road, um, we might have to sit down again, and and you might have to clue me in, give me some tips because people confuse me <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and and you know, that's the thing is. You know, and so right now, um, in America, we, we have a, we have an issue and, um, right. you know, the thing is this, um, I kind of started this podcast because, you know, I had gotten to the point with everything that was going on in 2020 that, you know, I was cynical and, and I couldn't figure out why people think the way they think. And, 
you know, I, it was to the point right. where I was really not liking people. I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was avoiding people. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, the thing is this, if, if we are looking for resolutions in our country, in our world, if we're, if we're really interested in change, then I'm going to have to talk to people. I'm going to have to have conversations. I'm going to have to yeah. be open to what your story, not your story, but just the general, in general, what someone's story yeah. is. I will never learn anything about them if I'm, if I'm just observing. I'll, I'll get a lot, but I won't get everything. And, and, and so yeah. now I sit down with people. And, and so that's, that's probably a lot of what you will end up doing is, is, you know, dissecting things. And, um, well, it's, it's really interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'm also a Buddhist and one thing Buddhism teaches you is that you live in a community and within your community, you have many different people. And we all speak different languages and come from different backgrounds, uh, obviously, depending on the area you live. But I'm I'm speaking in terms of the general general area and assuming you live in a multicultural background uh, not, or area. I, I live in a very multicultural area. The point I'm trying to make is that we all do things differently and we all uh, are approaching different situations from a different point of view because of where we come from, right? We speak different languages. We have a different culture. We go about things differently. I looked at, look at that as a sign of beauty. And the fact that we all do things differently, it's like seeing the world in color instead of seeing it in black and white. So we don't all have to agree on every single little thing, but we should take the time to at least understand each other and where everybody else is coming from and if we can't take the time to do that then it's just chaos right then it's just everybody thinks they're right and their position is the right way of doing things and i think we need to be more open-minded right and then when i started studying psychology um i was exposed to that even more and i really started listening to people um especially with like a lot of the clients that come to the clinic um I've done some internships, but I've taken the time to like really listen to people and really understand where they're coming from. And I think we tend to, as human beings, talk too much and we should listen more, right? And and come from that point of view. Add a little bit of empathy uh, involved in that. And I think we just might be, you know, some better people. But um, yeah, anyways, that's my two cents on that. I agree though, you know, and, and so, you know, when... That is exactly one of that. That's one of the biggest things I've learned this year. Um, you know, prior to prior to starting a podcast and and coming to this realization of you know this is what I want to do, what I, I feel like I need to do, I did a lot of research, mm-hmm. and and so one of the things that I, I researched was conversation, and um, and so I watched a right. bunch of TED talks. And, and so there was this lady. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, I watch a lot of those too. <laughs> right, and so this lady did this TED Talk, and, and I don't recall her name, but it was really good, and it was the best advice I'd, I'd gotten um, to that point. And it was, you know, conversation, actual dialogue doesn't happen until you stop talking. You have to be willing <laughs> to listen. And, and Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting point. It's, it's, you know, and the thing is, is, is we, 
we spend a lot of time talking over each other and, and, and so we listen a lot of times and I'm guilty of it. Everybody's guilty of it to some degree at some point. Yeah. We, we listen to respond, you know, um, and, and that's unfortunate, you know, and, and so I, I do live in a, a very multicultural um, environment. Um, I, a matter of fact, you were speaking about Buddhists. And so I used to live in Wisconsin and this was, this was in the 90s and I had three Vietnamese roommates, um, two, okay. brother, two brothers and a cousin, and um, they were Buddhist. And you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't know that. I just, I just knew that they were cool and they were my friends and, and we, you know, we ended up living together and it was a really good situation. And, you know, I remember, you know, the thing that I remember about that house was that it was incredibly calm. It was peaceful. Um, not only did everybody in the house get along, but everybody that came over and, and the neighbors and, and, and it was funny because, you know, Vietnamese, Laotian, Thai people in that community were were not well received. And these mm-hmm. guys were just amazing. And they just, the way they looked at the world and the way that they understood that they wouldn't always be accepted, didn't, um, it didn't affect, it didn't flavor the, who they were or how they acted or, or how they received the world. And, and it was really, really interesting to me. Um, yeah, I think it's more like as long as I think first of all intent is everything, right? Like if you intend to do this or right wrong, I mean intent is everything, right? We all make mistakes, but if you intend to do something good or bad, I think that's when you know karma really kicks in. But I think these guys have a—they probably had the same mentality that a lot of people have, including myself, which is if you don't like me or if you don't like what I represent, that's really up to you, right? That's your problem. I'm not going to treat you in a bad way just because you might treat me in a bad way. I'm not going to respond to you in a form of anger or frustration just because you do it to me, right? Uh, And it sounds like to me, your roommates were really nice, decent uh, people. You know, there was probably no reason uh, for certain behavior to be exhibited towards them. But, um, I think that's what it is. Like if you're that type of person, you're putting out good energy and you conduct yourself in a way where it's like, well, I know I'm doing the right thing. I know I'm being polite. I know I'm being courteous. And if you don't like me for whatever reason, maybe you don't like my clothes. Maybe you don't like my skin color. Maybe you don't like my hair, whatever it is. Well, that's your, really your problem. Right. And you have to deal with that. So it sounds like you had a nice group of roommates. I've, I've been really fortunate in life to, to have amazing friends. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to, you know, meet and discover a lot of new cultures, a lot of new people. Um, and, and it's been really nice, you know, and I live in a, um, I I live in a, a state that I is pretty Republican and conservative, which is weird because I, you know, and I live in Kansas City, Missouri, and so the city itself, by and large, um, is really diverse and and really accepting. And, um, you know, I I think that people are really, really well represented here, and, you know, there there tends to be overall, 
a really good harmony and i and and so i i really enjoy that i i like that for the most part right. um you know my my neighbors and and you know my fellow kansas Cityans tend to be very nice i think and so right i i find it really i find it you know and so i'm sitting here talking to you and you're like super intelligent and incredibly incredibly <laughs> gifted and i'm thinking okay how can someone not like this guy? And 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 so I'm sitting here looking at my sheet, and and I have all these notes and everything, and I've got CNN on next to me, and so it's muted, and I'm not watching it. It's just on, and it makes me think of Anderson Cooper. And so you have a track out called Anderson Cooper. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm gonna. I actually have three of your tracks that I'm gonna play. And oh, so, great. Right. I wanted to start with that one. Um, and the thing is, and so the type of music that you do is, is not typically Mm -hmm. what I listen to. Um, but the thing is, um, over the last week I've been like, well, hold on. Why don't I listen to this? And, and, and I don't listen to it because Honestly, I didn't know it existed, not to this degree, and, 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 and I just was not familiar with what it is you do. And that's the amazing right. thing about this. That's the amazing thing about, you know, early in our conversation, we were, we were looking at differences and understanding and conversation and getting to know people. And that's exactly what this is. And so that's one of the things that, right. that you've blessed me with is, first of all, I get to meet a new person, someone from, from another country. And someone who, who is incredibly talented and has been, been able to, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Someone who's been able to, to turn me on to a completely new experience. And so before I play Anderson Cooper, the question I've been, that's been on my mind since I heard it. (laughs) And, and, And so someone else, and I played it for someone else and she was like, why do you name it Anderson Cooper? The reason why um, I get most of my ideas when I'm in the kitchen. I do a lot of cooking. Um, I used to be an executive chef in a different life. I did too. So I'm always cooking. Oh, really? Are you yeah. serious? Yes, yeah, swear to God. That's amazing. Oh, well, we got to trade recipes then. For sure. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I was uh, trained in uh, classic French and Italian. So anyways, I'm always in the kitchen cooking for the kids and doing stuff and um, a few months ago, I had the TV on in the background, and Anderson Cooper comes on, and he's talking about the birth of his son. And I wasn't watching it like it was the TV's behind me, but it made me stop. And he had so much joy and happiness in his voice, and he was expressing the fact that he never thought he'd be a dad, and this was like the, just like the best moment in his life. And I have two kids. I know exactly what he's talking about. And with everything going on with COVID and the president of the United States and, you know, there's craziness going all over the world, there's a lot of good things that are taking place, you know. And I want I wanted to kind of I was really inspired by what he his his speech, but I wanted to kind of capture that and and put it into my music in some way, shape or form. Like I wanted people to hear that over and over again and hear 
that joy and happiness, which is why I called it joy and happiness. And, um, so yeah, so that's why, and I sampled his voice, uh, specifically at a couple of parts uh, to really capture what he was saying. So yeah, I hope I sent him the song. I hope he likes it, but he never hit me back. So yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's why I called it that. Well, I, I definitely hope he gets you back. That would be, that would definitely be awesome because this is, um, this is an incredibly popular track for you. And, um, before we play it, um, you know, I, I looked at your Spotify and, and so it's interesting because I, you know, I was also looking at your, um, Instagram earlier. And, and so I'm looking at one of your posts and a friend of mm-hmm. yours that you recently did a, a track with, and it's actually the, the, the brand new one that we're going to reveal tonight. And so he asked you in a comment, Hey, how did you break the Spotify code? And, and so you have like 11,000 monthly listeners, which is unbelievable that's phenomenal over almost a hundred oh, thank you thank you almost are you kidding me i didn't do anything um and almost <laughs> almost yeah almost a hundred thousand listeners overall um yeah for last year yeah right and so i'm 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 listening to all of everything you're saying and i'm i'm looking at all of these stats and all of these accomplishments as an artist and i'm thinking He's going he's going to college like he's he's going to do something else and I'm thinking what um but I think that's okay. You know what I mean? I think that's absolutely okay. You should you should live your life and and do the things that make you happy. And, and I get that sense from you. And that's what's really interesting is is kind of reflecting back on the 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 Buddhism is that there there seems to be this yeah. really cool balance of of who you are and in you know what I mean? And that, that to me, I think yeah, is it, just inspiring. Oh, thank you. It took me a while to get to this point, but, um, I think finding balance is probably one of the hardest things, uh, anybody can do in life. Um, uh, but my dream is one day, maybe 10 years from now, uh, I have to go to Italy or Germany and give some big, huge, I don't know, some, some speech about psychology or some, some project I'm working on or case study. And then at night I invite everybody to the, to the race that I'm DJing at and performing at. So yeah, that's, that's what I like doing. And, um, I'm having a lot of fun and it, it took me a while to get to this point. Um, I've been releasing music now consistently for oh, 18 months, 19 months. And, um, it's been going well. I'm having a lot of fun. And my new song, Anderson Cooper is being really well received it's being added to a lot of playlists and you know, it's, uh, it's doing well. So I'm excited. I'm glad the listeners like it. The fans like it. They, they like the music that I'm doing. So I think this year is going to be even better. Let's, let's play it.
I said, we're going to make people go look you up on Spotify to hear the rest. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, but definitely go check it out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you, absolutely. If you have not, if you don't know who Dr. B is and you haven't checked it out, for sure, go check it out. And so you won um, DJ of the Year for your mixtape uh, mix um, quotable. Yeah, that was a while ago. That's pretty unbelievable. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Um, and so was that, and so that was while you were in New York. Yeah. And yeah. So, that was back in, I think I, I did that in 2003. So was that in, yeah, was, I think it was 2000. Was it, was that a New York, um, accomplishment? Um, was it, was it, was it? Yeah, that was, that was, that was really, um, a once in a lifetime, opportunity i got to work with um dj evil d on that uh tony touch i got to work with like literally legends um i also worked with uh boogie blind who's the usa uh, scratch champion i think it was that was for dmc or itf i can't remember which one um so for me at the time, at the time I was more of a turntablist and executive producer and not an actual producer. Um, so to get the respect from all these DJs, and I was so young at the time, I, I was just completely freaking out. And um, I ended up meeting Tony Touch because uh, I was working with some people that he knew. And he ended up coming to the studio when we met and we hung out. Um, then we started, you know, hanging out a few times. and. Um, I told him I wanted to do this mixtape and he said, yeah, man, I, I'm totally down. And he came down and like, I had already had mixed it and put like scratches and everything into it. And then I just needed him to go into the studio, uh, into the booth and just like do his vocals over it. Right. And just hype it up. So when he, everything, like when you hear it, everything is like his genuine reactions of, Oh shit, this is crazy. Like he really said that he wasn't acting like he really thought the mixes and the scratches and everything was hype. And when I saw 
reactions like through the class like I, like I was freaking out it was a great energy great time and I ended up getting uh, exclusive tracks which I never thought in a million years I would ever get I think um, we have some from JD Kiss, PD Crack, a um, couple other guys from Rockefeller at the time. Um, so yeah, man, it was it was a, it was a great experience. And then on top of that, when I entered into the um, the competition, I think that was as great as the experience was to make the mixtape. The judges, um, I think I can't remember all the judges, but I believe it was Angie Martinez. Um, Funk Master Flex, and like two other big name DJs. And the fact that they knew who I was and was judging my tape and they actually listened to the whole tape, that to me was like the biggest honor. And um, and yeah, and then in the end, I ended up winning the award. So yeah, that, uh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's super sweet. Um, and so Funk Master Flex is, is like an all-time favorite for me. Um, I'm old, and, oh, and yeah, so I, right. I don't know how old you are, but I'm I'm old, and 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 so early, <laughs> early New York music was, you know, that was the that really was the soundtrack of my youth, and and you know I think it's easy people look at me and they're like, here's this fifty year old white guy, and and you know you probably can can look and, and and assign a stereotype or whatever, but but you know at the same time. Um, you know, my experiences is, you know, graffiti as a kid and, and Funk Master Flex and Boogie Down Productions and, and yeah. you know, I mean, the, the musical influences that were there, the cultural influences that were there, you know, they helped mold who I am today. You know, DJ of the right. Year is a phenomenal achievement. The, um, you know, the, the amount, especially in New York, I mean, the amount of competition, the amount of talent, the amount of, of just passion and excellence that, that is available there is, is just, it's staggering, you know, and, and, you know, I think it's really easy to, to step into something like that and be really, really overwhelmed, especially at a young age, especially when you're, you know, you're young and you're green and you're just like, Hey, and then you meet these people and, you know, the thing is, is I hear a lot of success stories about, you know, people, um, they emphasize opportunity, you know, and so I had the opportunity to meet this person, or I had the opportunity to participate in this, or I had this opportunity and opportunity is amazing. And opportunity can, can absolutely help you achieve, um, greatness, um, mm-hmm. but skill and passion is, is really, I think even more important, um, you know, without, right. without having that skill and pat, you can be the luckiest person in the world. If you suck at what you do at the end of the day, yeah, you still suck at what you do. And, and right. you have to, and, and so I've done a lot of things in the world that I sucked at and you have to have the courage to say, Hey, you know what? I suck at this, even though I really want to do it, I suck at it. And it's time for me to move on and find something that, that I'm amazing at because everyone is amazing right. at something. Right. Um, Right. And so you worked with you've worked with Cool and Dre, Elephant Man, Swiss Beats. Um Oh yeah, that was that that was a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, and I worked with Cool and Dre before they were Cool and Dre. That was the craziest thing. Now these guys are huge, they've sold millions and millions of records. But when I worked with them, they were just up and coming. I think they had just I don't even think they were 
they had a record deal, I they were doing a lot of work with uh, Fat Joe at the time. And I was working with um, uh, some of Fat Joe's people, like producers and things like that. So, you know, I would hear who was working with who and who was doing with what, who was doing what. And I was interested, um, sorry, I was introduced, not interested, into Cool and Dre. And these guys are just amazing, total gentlemen, really talented musicians. Um, yeah, we had a great time and they were super easy to work with, like super cool guys, super cool guys. Yeah. You would, you know, and, and nothing, you know, nothing specific about anybody, but, but you would definitely, I, I, I had this impression when I started talking to people that, you know, some people could be prima donnas or hard to please or, or, you know, whatever. And I'm sure, you know, there are, I'm sure there are absolutely people in all walks of life that are that way. My experience mm-hmm. sitting down and talking to people, um, you're, this is actually my third recording today. And so I've, um, I've, I've been in my office, in my studio the entire day. And, and so I've, wow. I've, I've had some conversations. I've had a lot of conversations over the last week and I have a lot more to go. And I'm, right. it surprises me. And so I, I was talking to a couple of guys earlier today and the thing that, that, that just amazes me every time I talk to anybody is how incredibly humble they are and, and how easy to please they are and, and you know, just awesome. And, and so I've had this opportunity to talk to people that I really genuinely like. Um, and everybody I've talked to is, is, for all intents and purposes, either a complete stranger or at best you know, very slimly an acquaintance of some sort. And, and I get to, I get to, you know, get up from the conversation with a friend. And and so a lot of these people I, I'm in contact with and they are friends and, and, you know, we interact, we talk. Yeah. And it's been awesome. Um, so you've avoided the question. I asked it, I've hinted at it a few times. You, I, and I don't, I think if you would have, well, the thing is, is, um, TC asked a question on, on, um, Instagram and wanted to know how you broke the Spotify code. How did you do that? Oh, I, listen, I don't think I broke any code. What I, what I can, I'll, let me say this. I used to follow this producer. His name is a Cato, the producer super talented producer. He produced a bunch of Grammy uh, nominated award-winning songs. A lot, most people know who he is. Okay. And like most people, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I have social media. I follow some people. I check out what other people are doing. But one day I saw Cato, he did this post and he said, you know what? Too many of you guys are, looking at what other people are doing, trying to mimic their style, trying to duplicate videos, when in the end, what you should be doing is focusing on yourself. Forget about what everybody else is doing and focus on you. And I said, I I took a couple of seconds, I said, you know what, this guy's freaking right. I'm wasting a lot of time every day on social media. You know, I'm following, at the time I was following, I think 3,000 people, 4,000 people. I said, 
I'm wasting too much time. I need to spend more time making music, engaging with my fans the way I need to engage with them. And just hop in and hop out. Instead of looking at videos or trying to figure out what this person's doing, I'm just wasting time. So I said, this guy's right. So I went to my social media, I went to Instagram, and I unfollowed everybody, literally. So now, now I think I'm following 24 people, and those 24 people, I have to follow them because, you know, everybody's sensitive if you unfollow certain people. So, but the point is I took that mentality uh, to heart. I spend my time... I spend all my time now focusing on either school and when I'm not doing school, I'm in the studio, I'm working on music. I'm learning how to play, play the piano. I'm learning how to play the guitar. I'm making new tracks. I'm experimenting with different genres. I'm working with different artists. And when I jump on social media, I just jump on, say what I need to say, share some updates, and then I get out. I was spending way too much time just looking at what everybody else is doing. And then I realized what I need to do is be more consistent with my music, with my releases. So about maybe four or five months ago, I would say, uh, I would say about four months ago, I started releasing a song every week and just being consistent. And I started seeing a massive, a massive um, difference in response. And I think also what it is, is I don't think you can take your listeners or your fan base for granted. I really don't. People can listen to tens of millions of different songs, artists. We have access to too much uh, music. And if they take the time to listen to you, first of all, I, sh I, I should say just thank you. That's first and foremost. And secondly, I think listeners, especially potential fans, they want to see that you're a real mu musician, that you're taking this seriously. Like no one wants to listen to a song that you released and then they never hear from you ever again, or you released another song a year later. Like people aren't going to take that seriously. People aren't going to be invested into your craft. I've noticed as you're being more consistent and as you're sharing updates and as you literally ask your followers, do you like this? What do you think of this? Does this sound good? And then as you release stuff, um, see where it's, how well it's doing in terms of, I usually monitor my success based on a 30 day period. Right. And I look at, okay, when I drop a track, how many streams did I get my first day, my first seven days, and then 30 days. And then I just kind of compare it to the last single and, or my last five or six singles. And right now, right now, my last five or six singles are doing way better than I would say my previous 15 singles. And over a period of time, I believe you just build momentum, right? Your fan base just grows and grows and grows. And fortunately for myself, now I've been at uh, over 10,000 monthly listeners uh, for four months in a row. And that's really hard to do, man. I mean, it was hard just to get it once, but now to be consistent and to be at my fourth month. Um, yeah, I'm really proud of that accomplishment. And it took me quite a bit of time to get here, but I'm taking it one step at a time. And, um, yeah, I think you should also just really listen to your fan base and your listeners and just go from there. So that's what's worked for me. I would highly advise anybody else if you're uh, a new musician, old musician, up-and-coming musician, just be more consistent with your releases, with your work, and spend more time working on yourself. 
spend less time worrying about somebody else's program. Work on your program. I think that's excellent advice. You know, my, my experience with, with podcasting was that, you know, initially, and so I, I got this, this idea. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a podcaster. And it was funny because, you know, the first time I ever voiced that, um, the person I voiced it to didn't look at me funny. She didn't smirk. She was like, oh, that's awesome. And she completely believed that I was going to do it. Um, didn't ask why, nothing. Cool. Just very supportive of that. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. People, be- Someone believes in me. And so I should believe in right. myself. And so what I did then was I, you know, I had no idea how to proceed. And so I, I went and I learned. And I, I watched a lot of videos and, and I reviewed a lot of equipment looked at at everything it would take to do this and to be successful. And and so I, I did all of that. And then I finally got to a point where I said, hey, I need to stop doing this. I need to to just do what I was setting out to do. And so I did. And I actually right, right. and so I had set a, a deadline of starting um the second week of January. And so that's still a week away. Um and so I'm, I'm on my second season. I started early because I said, you know, if, That's awesome. if I don't do this, I'm not. Congratulations going to. to you, Thank by you. the way. Thank you. And so I, um, you know, like, like a lot of people, I had fears and doubts and insecurities, and I thought, God, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the great thing about starting out is initially. No one is listening to you, and that's amazing when you when you are when you realize that hey, not a lot of people are listening to me. It's it's really kind of liberating, and it allows you to take an yeah, opportunity. You can make a lot of mistakes, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know the thing is, is I can I can listen to my episodes, and and I know when I made a mistake. I know when I you know epically failed. I know when I had a great episode, and I can see the progress, and and that's been amazing. And you know the thing is, is the people that are are really successful on social media whether it's music platforms whether it's you know strictly social or a combination are absolutely those individuals who first and foremost are themselves do their thing mm-hmm. and absolutely engage and um you know I have a, I have a friend that from Chicago um mm-hmm. huge, huge artist and and very very well known um and incredibly successful, and he has a ton of followers, and he engages them. Right. And and so if you send him a message or or you interact with him in some way, he makes it personal, and he interacts back, and he interacts in a kind and generous manner. Um, he has time that's for an, you. Yeah, that's important. Because the thing is, you have time for me. How dare I not have time for you? And um, right. you know the thing with what I'm doing is. You know, and, and so I have, um, I have a, I have a situation, I have a, a system similar to what you have with Spotify or anything else. I have analytics, mm-hmm. and so I am able to look at my numbers. You know, I, I can look at my numbers all the way down to the gender and time and place of of the person listening, and uh, incredibly invasive stuff. Um, right, right. However, um, I don't care about that. What I care about is. I'm having the time of my life. I, I get to meet really interesting people, hear about their lives. And the thing is, is um, this has been kind of this reoccurring thing, is that um, 
The biggest benefit that I've gotten out of this is that every time I sit down with someone that I don't know, especially when they, they have a story that I'm unfamiliar with, it's different from my experience or, you know, whatever the situation is that divides us, I learn something mm-hmm. about, about myself. And, um, right. it, it's amazing when I get to learn something about myself. It's amazing when I get to learn how much I enjoy someone, how much I enjoy what they do. Um, and, and how much in, in so many ways I, I have things in common with them, even if it's just, a a, a feeling, a vibe, a, 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 a thought, whatever it is, there is this connection and that connection has been incredibly fulfilling. Oh, no, that's amazing. I'm happy for you, man. And so we have, um, we have, a, we have a couple of more tracks and so. I want to play trap music and then you can tell me about it. Starless and Bible black. Leaves in the face and twigs that crack. Six shit. I stumble around but there's no going back. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for something to happen. I need a Darkness surrounds me. I can see the wood, but not the tree. The shadows form won't let me be. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for something to happen. I see breath forms in the air. Panting sounds that meant to scare. A distant scream from my I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm waiting for something to happen to happen. I see and twigs that crack. I stumble around but there's no going back. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for something to happen. Get ready to get fucked up! Darkness surrounds me. I can see the wood but not a tree. The shadows form won't let me be. I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm waiting for something to happen. I see breath forms in the air. Get ready to get Panting sounds that meant to scare. We're going to make him go look that up too to finish the song. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was awesome. That was. Um, what got you into music? I mean, how did how did this all start for you? Um, well, I guess it started when I was 16. I started... Um, I got my first set of turntables and I started out as a turntablist scratching. Scratching was my thing. I was never too good at in uh, body tricks, but 
but I really enjoyed scratching. I used to watch hours and hours of tapes of uh, DJ Cougar, uh, A-Track. Shout out to A-Track, by the way, from Montreal. Um, and um, over a period of time, it just grew from there. Really, what I and then what I started doing was I started doing some performances uh, in downtown Montreal. So there used to be, I think there. I'm assuming they're still there now, but there used to be like these a lot of these um, hip hop clothing stores, and all the kids used to go down to those stores and kind of hang out in front of the stores. And it was on St. Catherine Street, which is like the main street in Montreal. Anyways, there was one of my friends. His name is uh, Red Dread. He was a DJ and he was really super popular. We became friends. So I was just like this young kid and I used to like, you know, kind of hang out around with him. You know, I'm, you know, that little kid who's always like trying to get on the turntables, but I could never get on the turntables. <laughs> so one day, Red, 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 he had this gig. He had a sweet gig where he DJed inside the clothing store. And then the owner of the store over a period of time gave him his own record shop within the clothing store. Plus, he was selling mixtapes. Like, this dude was making thousands of dollars every week. Like, it was it was ridiculous. And he worked, like, part-time. So, so uh, third, Friday nights and Saturdays were, like, the craziest. It was super, super busy. So I went down um, to hang out with him, like, around 5, 6 o'clock, right? And he, he's like, yo, I got to go to the bathroom. Can you take over for me? So I was like, sweet. That's awesome. So he goes to the bathroom. Yeah. So I had, I always have my own records. So I threw on my own records and, you know, you kind of wanted to play like party music in the store to keep the energy high. But I figured out a couple of records where I can kind of showcase my talent. So I just completely zoned out, started scratching, started going off. And when I looked up, it was literally 50 people standing around the turntables and I was freaking out. Like I didn't even know anybody was standing. Um, and then Dred came back. So I had to get off the turntables, but the owner of the store saw that. So she, she came up to me afterwards and she said, Hey, I want you to come back tomorrow. She said, Jason, who's Red Dread, that's his real name. She said, he can't come at 12 o'clock. Maybe you can come from 12 to two and he'll come and take over. So I was like, hell yes. So it, it, and then it just grew from there. From there, I ended up getting my own record store in a skateboarding shop. I catered to like a different end of the city. So I used to hang out with a bunch of skaters all day long, and I used to scratch. And I really started building a name for my uh, a name for myself um, at that point. And then I ended up meeting uh, Mr. Sinister from the Executioners. He came to Montreal uh, to judge uh, a DJ competition. Uh, and, and everything came from that. We became friends. He stayed at my house a few times. And I ended up learning really how to scratch from a DJ god. And my skills just totally went through the roof once we started hanging out. And then I had like all this equipment in my house, but I didn't have it really connected. I didn't know how to use it. And um, he, he tells me, yo, man, let's hook up with your equipment. So we connected everything. and. Um, a friend of mine, she came over and she was, she did some demos and Joey, uh, who's sinister, he really, he, he loved them. So he says, at the time he had a record deal with Loud Records. So he said, yo man, I know people out loud that would like, would love to hear this stuff. So I was like, are you serious? So he's like, yeah, yeah. So he gets on the phone. He starts talking to all like all these major executives, like right there in my apartment. I was, I was totally freaking out. 
anything. Anyways, one one thing uh, led to another. He gets me a meeting with these guys uh, a couple of weeks later. So I went down. I, I well, What I did was I just acted on behalf of uh, 24K. I just acted as her manager. I wasn't really her manager, but I didn't want her to have like no representation of any kind. Uh, like I wanted to be professional. So I, I said, I'll, let me go down there. I'll just say I'm your manager and we'll see what's what. We, I, we weren't expecting anything. One thing leads to another and they offered us a record deal. So they actually offered me a label deal um, through Ripo Distribution, who's um, it's owned by uh, Warner Brothers. Um, so and everything stemmed from there. So from there we ended up um, doing business, and we ended up signing Helta Skelta. Um, we almost we were about to sign Keith Murray to a solo album. This was back in 2003, and but he ended up going to prison, so that that fell through. Um, yeah, we ended up doing business with a lot of. Uh, with a lot of great people. And we ended up putting out a song with uh, Elephant Man, which was really exciting. We had the opportunity to work with Swizz Beats. That was crazy. Swizz is like the nicest guy ever. So we got to hang out at Sony Studios. Um, and we met Cassidy, who was, if anybody doesn't know who he is, he was his first artist when he was putting, when Swift started a record company, it was about 15 years ago, called Full Surface. Cassidy was his first artist. And he was really, really big in New York City. Like, like he was huge. Like Hot 97, Power 105, they were really supporting this guy. So I ended up meeting him before he became like super famous, super talented guy. And we had a great, awesome time in the studio. Like Swizz made us feel like super comfortable, super nice guy. And, uh, yeah, and then he took me for like this crazy, we went for like a midnight run. He takes us in his uh, Mercedes G5, and we were going like 120 down Sixth Avenue. It was flipping terrifying, but that car is huh. sweet though. It, it handles it handles like crazy. So um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. So I mean, it all kind of came from there. But at the end of the day, it, none of it made me happy. Um, I felt like I felt like I had to do it because I was given this opportunity and you know, who in the right mind is going to be 20 years old offered, not just a record contract, but like a label deal and, and it's not going to take it. Right. So I just felt like I just had to keep saying yes. I had to keep saying yes. And four or five years went by and I was absolutely miserable. You know, I really hated it. I, I wasn't enjoying myself. And there were so many people around me that I felt like were trying to take advantage of me and my position. And you ever find yourself one day just standing around the room and you look around the room and you realize there's 20, 30 people around you. You don't even know them. You don't know how they got there, but somehow they're there. And every day was like that. And I just, I said, man, this sucks. You know, I just, I just wanted to go home. So I went back to Canada. So I just left. I, I released everybody from their contracts. I signed like the dot X to a solo album. We recorded a whole bunch of songs with him, which was like really, really cool. And, um, yeah, we did like a lot of things, but I just released everybody from their contracts and told them, listen, if you guys want to put out all these songs, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to sue you, you know, go ahead and do your thing. And, um, to this day, I still own a track of uh, Big Pun with uh, Triple Sace. You know, that uh, 
that came into my possession when we signed uh, Triple Ace of um, uh, 15 years ago. So, you know, we had like a good catalog. We had some impressive stuff and we had a lot of fun. You know, we did some some exciting things, you know, recording with someone like Elephant Man in the studio was really exciting. But it didn't make me happy. It didn't make me fulfilled. It didn't make me feel like this is my purpose. You know, it felt like every day was just like a giant music video, you know. So I, I, I went home, man. I said, screw this. So, yeah. And then I took a break. I took like a really, really long break. I took like a 15-year break. I, you know, I think sometimes you, you just have to be willing to step away, you know? And so, you know, I retired from, and so I was, a, I was an executive chef for almost 30 years and I retired. Oh, wow. in two, yeah. I retired in 2019. And so I've worked in you know, DC, um, New York, um, Kansas city. Um, I've worked, I've worked a little bit of everywhere. And then so 2019 really? I retired and, um, and so I, I have ALS. And so I physically wasn't able to work anymore. And, um, right. I, I decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be an artist. And, um, you know, and I drew and paint, painted a little bit when I was, when I was younger and I, I have a, I had just have a natural ability. Like I can just do it. And it's not, a, it's not that That's hard. Great. And, um, I didn't really enjoy it when I was younger. I actually hated it and I, I mostly just refused to do it. And so, you know, I was kind of in a rock between a rock and a hard place. I was depressed and thought, you know, I need to do something and be active. And so I, I did it and I was really successful in like eight months, um, international magazine wow. article, the whole deal. And, and it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And, and it was, it was fulfilling and it was fulfilling because I was, I was, I did a lot of commission work that, um, you know, someone asked, you know, someone would ask and, and I would say, yeah, I can do that. And, and so I, I got to do a lot of things and, and, I got to do some pieces that were, were kind of passions for me. And, and then that was gone and, and it was okay because I did it on my terms. And, and that's the thing is, is so you're, you're 16, you get that first turntable and, and that's that amazing feeling of, of, yeah. you know, it all starts here. And, and so you, you get it, you take it out of the box, you plug it in and your hands are on it for the very first time. And all of these dreams are imagined. All of these possibilities are, are unlocked. And you unlocked them within four years. And shortly thereafter, it was like, I'm living on the set of a video. And you went home. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is you know, I, I think it's really easy to get caught up in, you know, the hopes, the dreams, the successes, the goal. And one of the things that I have learned... Um, through my own experience with ALS and, and I've had to reinvent myself like five times in the last couple of years. And also in my conversations with, with other people on this podcast is that, um, you know, I was talking to a guy earlier today and, and, and I asked him, I said, um, I was asking him where he was going next and, and what his next achievement was going to be and, and so forth. And, and he's like, you know, I haven't even gotten started yet. And he's amazing. He is unbelievable. And he's like, yeah, I haven't even yeah. gotten started yet. And, 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 and he has, and, and so he basically rephrased this epiphany that I had a few days ago of, 
you know, I, and so people always want to know, oh, well, what's your goal? And, and, and I do have a goal. And today my goal is, let's say it's, it's right here at five. And just to use a number grid thing to, since we're not visual. And so let's say it today it's at number five and, and, and that's my ceiling. That's my goal. When I achieve mm-hmm. that or, or if it's taken away, you know, for some reason, then I set another goal and, um, right. And it's okay for your goals to be your goals, what you want to do. It's okay to change your mind, do something else, completely change directions. Um, it's okay to have a really, really thriving music career, walk away from it, come back 15 years later, reinvent yourself knowing damn good and well that in six or seven years, you might be in Italy giving a speech and (laughs) mixing at a rave that night. You know what I mean? That's okay. You know, that's the thing. I listen to the things that people tell me and I'm just like, I'm blown away by their skill and their talent and who they are as a person. And, you know, and then I'm like, you know, they're really well-grounded people. They, they know who they are and, and they're happy with that and they're happy with what they achieve. You know, I, one of the guys I talked to recently, um, you know, he told me, he said, you know, he said, if I don't ever achieve anything again, this one thing that I've achieved, he said, this is enough. He said, he said, I'm that proud of it. I'm that happy with it. And, and to me, no, that's you know what no. I mean? And that was just this, you know, it's like, it's like having, you know, you get this, I got this feeling of like having a, you know, drinking a, a you know, a warm beverage on a really cold day. I just felt this inner mm-hmm. warmth and I just, I just, you know, it was like, wow, you know, this guy yeah, that is, it's um, really nice. is amazing, amazing artist. And he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm accomplished. I'm, I've, I've done what I set out to do and the rest is, you know, the, the rest is commentary, you know, it, it, it is what it is and, and no big deal. And right. That's, right. Totally. And that's okay. Yeah. I totally agree. You, you gotta be okay with just being okay, you know, and sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we set our goals and we reach them and sometimes we don't. And I think I've gotten to a place where I'm setting goals every day. I'm always changing my goals, setting new goals. Uh, I'm always, I'm a very goal oriented uh, individual, but I'm also, I have inner peace. I also know that, Hey, if things don't work out today, if I didn't get to do what I wanted to do, if I don't reach a certain amount of streams, it's all right. The world's not going to end. The sun's not going to burn out. You know, it's it's okay. It's not what really matters in life. You know, and for me, uh, like like your friend that you were talking about, I've achieved what I want to achieve for me that on what really matters in life. You know, if I went today, I'd be kind of pissed, but it'd be okay. It, you know, I'm I'm at peace. Yeah, I definitely get that. I um. Yeah, it, it just makes sense that, um, you know, one of the things, here's the thing, is, is one of the things I have learned in the, in the last you know, couple of years is that, um, you know, first and foremost, I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed in that, that I've had the, the life and the opportunities that I've had. And, um, 
You know, the thing is, is over, over the rest of my life and over the rest of, of anyone and everyone's life, there, there are going to be times where for one, one reason or another, you, you don't achieve a goal or a goal doesn't come to fruition in the, in the way that you planned it to. And that's absolutely okay. I, I, the thing is, is I guess the reason that I'm really, really happy is that, um, I'm not defined, defi- I'm not defined by my goals or my achievements or, or, any of that, I'm I'm defined by my my wings, my 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 will and my strength. You know, my my ability to the position that I'm in physically is that I will have to continue over the rest of my life reinvent myself every time I lose an ability. And, right. And so instead of letting that break me, um, I I endear myself to that idea and have the courage to to live and to reinvent myself. And that, that really sounds like what you're doing. Yeah. In a, in, in a way I'm trying to, I'm in no way, shape or form on the level that on what you're going through. And by the way, I mean, the fact that you have such a positive attitude and your outlook, I mean, all I can say is more, more power to you, brother. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, it, it's all about your mentality and the way you think and how you put things into action. So uh, I think that's amazing that you have that uh, approach towards the world yeah, every single day. I mean, I mean, in the, in the clinic, we speak to people all the time that um, are obviously just not that positive. I mean, that's why they're clients of ours, but whenever I hear somebody have that positive outlook, especially when you're battling uh, an illness, I mean, a lot of our clients are physically ill and, They've been hurt in motor vehicle accidents. We have clients that are suicidal and involved in domestic abuse, rape, and the list goes on and on. But regardless of what you're going going through, regardless of your trials and tribulations, for you to have a positive outlook, it all starts there, right? So more power to you, man. I appreciate that. You know, I think that, um, you know, we all, we all have this different different scenarios and situations and, and things that affect us in life. And, and I, I, I never, you know, intend, I never have any intention of, of not recognizing someone's situation or, or feelings or what they go through as invalid. I, I think everybody is incredibly valid. And that really is my point is that we're all, right. we're all going through something one way or another. It happens in life. And, don't, right. don't my my hope is that that people can can listen to my podcast, listen to my guests, listen to me, and have the courage to put yourself out there in anything and everything you want to do. If 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 it's what you want to do, if it's who you are, um, I just really want people to to stand up and say this is who I am and introduce themselves and, and greet the world. And, you know, I don't know. I I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. You're making total sense. We and have... I agree with everything that you're saying. It, it, it is, it is a very freeing, uh, mentality to have. Unfortunately, it's a process to get there, but I'm right. W- I'm right with you, brother. Uh, I encourage that for all sentient beings for everybody. Right. If you can once, and it's a journey, right? You don't just wake up one day and just realize this is who I am. You know, it took me a while to figure out who I am too. Um, but I figure 
once you do, and once you take this attitude of, you know what, I don't give a shit what you think. I'm working my program. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's a very freeing mentality. I'm not encouraging anybody to be rude or disrespectful, but I'm just saying, you got to work your program. You got to do you. And once you figure out who you are, it, it is absolutely uh, very freeing. Exactly. And, and it is a process. And I don't want, you know, I don't want anybody to get the impression that, you know, I'm, I'm this Disney character who, you know, just everything is beautiful and wonderful and there's birds chirping and I'm always, you know, I've always been this way <laughs> because I'm not, you know, I mean, to be, to be just very, you know, bare knuckles, you know, frank about it, you know, eight, nine months ago, um, I happily would have rolled myself out in front of a, a city bus. I mean, life was, I was devastated. I was absolutely, the, the wind was taken out of my, out of my soul. And I just was, it was right. horrible. And, and it has been this, yeah. you know, it's, it's been the, you know, the thing is, is, um, sitting around thinking about dying, gets really boring. And, um, yeah, you know, and, and so you, you either roll out in front of that bus or you, you take a chance, you take a risk and, you know, like, right. like, like every one of my guests, I, I was willing to take a risk. And, um, well, I'm glad you did too. I'm glad you have too. I, um, and so <laughs> Thank I, you. we've arrived at a point that, um, I've really been anticipating. And so the other day when we were talking, you said, um, Hey, you know what? I've got this new song coming out. And so the song's not actually going to be released until January 29th of this year. It's called, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so we are going to debut the song here. It's Shut Down featuring Teasy. Now, do we want to play the whole song or just half of it? Um, if you want to play the whole thing, it's not that long. It's, it's up to you. I'll leave it up to you. I'll leave it up to you. I, I made this song short and sweet. You know, I did that on purpose. Um, when When you guys hear it, I think everybody will like it, but it's short and sweet. Another fun fact, I actually sampled uh, real Buddhist monks in the temple in Montreal. So when you hear the beat and you hear that sound, which you'll know what it is when you hear it, those are real monks. That's awesome. That's And that's what I like <laughs> about you is, is you're just, you know, life is, is really life and living and, and experience and people and the environment. Um, really um really tends to be a part of of your thought process and and of your music and that's really cool um yeah to me i everything is music i just you know i hear everything and it's all music so i am and so i've i've actually you know i've already heard this because you know i had to load the, the music and um this is um this is really impressive and so the the piece is called Shutdown featuring TZ. Let them know the boy is so legendary 
trip on Lagos, I be coming like a fireman. No stress, that's original. I give them one time for the record. I give them one time for the moolala. Pull up my jacket and I light up that. Pass all around to my real man. You know I'm down for the whole night. Vibe bad, keep it 100. Shut down the floor and I jump in the Uber. Then I be coming through like an amateur. Toronto, shut down. Chicago, shut down. New York, downtown, shut down. Nigeria, shut down. Lagos, shut down. Germany to Miami, shut down. DJ Dr. B, you know we shut down. Berlin, Sweden, you know we shut down. Yeah, you know we shut down. Yeah, you know we shut down. And I won't shut down Then we cash out for the countdown No time to the check time All my assistants in the I can't shout Dr. B, I feel heavy on the baseline Party out till we can't walk the straight line Been in any give them the juice and the sauce And the swag and the vibe with the boss, they are brain They do with the boss, brain You know, I've had possession of that track for several days now, and it has been really hard to not play it for anybody. Um, <laughs> I'm just That's you know, amazing. I'm not that guy, you know, and so that was given to me in confidence, and the conversation was, hey, would you debut my new song on your show? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Absolutely. Of course I will. And... Um, and so then you sent it to me, and and so yeah, initially I I think I had I had difficulties trying to figure out how to download, and so I finally got that figured out, got it into the mixer, and so I listen to everything on studio headphones, and so I hear right. it, I yeah, and so there's no you know and they're flat, there's no there's no bass boost, there's none of that, you know that that doctors and makes it sound the way you know Dr. Dre or whoever else wants it to sound, it it is exactly the way the artist intended it. And, um, and so, you know, I, I listen to music that way. And I'm just like, when I heard this track, I was just like, Oh man. And I can't play this for anybody. And that sucks. <laughs> and I'm you glad know, you like it, man. It's unbelievable, man. Like I, I heard this and that's, what's so cool is, is every one of your songs takes me somewhere else you know there's there's a there's a different there's something different going on every single time and and wow, the music, thank you so much the music's unbelievable man and 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 so again i'm i keep going back to this hold on this is not what he's gonna do this he's he's got this plan over here and part of me is like no don't don't go and the other part of me is like that's awesome <laughs> you know what i mean it's awesome because that's the thing is We've we've talked about that over and over again that it's really important yeah. to to be yourself to achieve what it is you want to achieve and and to and even when you don't achieve hey attempt attempt have that have that courage to attempt doesn't have to be perfect oh for sure attempt 
for sure. I mean, it's it's very. At first, when I started like making music again, again, I was doing like mostly hip hop, reggae. It's not my first love. My first love is EDM, um, specifically deep house. I'm pretty good at techno, but I really love deep house, uh, chill house, regular house. And it took me a while to really get comfortable and figure out my sound. You know, for me, I would describe my sound first and foremost as deep house. But once I figured it out, once I figured out how my listeners were responding to my music, it, it became like a very freeing experience. And at the same time, I always start with all of my songs. All my songs have a story. Like, uh, if you look at, like, the description in my tracks, it's always about something. It's not, like, just a party song. Like, today I made a new song, and it's about two people who are madly in love, but they come from different backgrounds and different worlds, and they can't be together. So they meet up late at night, and they start hugging kissing it starts raining and then they start dancing and as this music progresses you'll hear the female vocals you'll hear the male vocals but in my mind i'm imagining them completely alone just rain falling on them and they're both singing to each other on how much they love each other and they can't be together you know so i, I like to start with a lot of emotion and um like a real story and i go from there and i hope it you know resonates with the uh with the listeners you know, that's all you could do. That's all you can hope for. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, and so now, now I get this sense that when I'm listening to your music that there's, you know, there's a really good possibility that there's this whole visual. There's there's an actual visual in, in your mind as you're creating and, and as this is being revealed. And so that just gives me more to... To really, to really look at and 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 try to try to find and discover, and, and and I think that's what's really, yeah. You know, I I talk to a lot of artists, and um, my favorite artists are are always people who are doing things that are not traditional. Um, I, I <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. I I I really want. Yeah, I like that too. <clears throat> Here's the thing, I um. I love being uncomfortable. I love being in a situation where I don't speak the language. I don't know your religious beliefs. Um, I don't, um, you know, I don't know your culture. And so, you know, years and years ago, I had, um, I had some friends who were from Morocco and, and so I I went to their house and you know, and I, and, and, and so I knew very, very little about the culture. And I, I tried to, I tried to, you know, I tried to interact in, in a way that wasn't intrusive and, and that just was not possible. And, um, right. and so someone, someone there commented that, you know, well, he doesn't understand our culture and they were upset by, you know, my actions. And even though my actions were very reined in. And, and so what that inspired me to do was learn about the culture. And so I, I learned Arabic. Right. Yeah, I, I learned Arabic. I, I went to the mosque for four years. Um, I immersed myself. Holy cow, you learned Arabic? That's yeah. really hard, man. That's I amazing. immersed myself in the culture because I didn't want to lo- make my friends uncomfortable. 
and and you know this this ideology of well hold on you're in my country you speak my language and act the way I act I think is kind of bullshit. Um, you know what I mean? I think it's just kind of not cool. And so I I think that I think the middle ground is that we that we become willing to to understand each other. You know? Right. Yeah. I don't even know how we got on this topic, but we did. Um, I lose my train of thought a lot. I'm getting old. It was a good segue, man. (laughs) And so, you know, we, we kind of know what's, and so usually we're at the point in the podcast where I'm like, okay, well, you know, what's next for you and, and where are you going? And, but we kind of already know that. We, we know that you're going to continue making music and, and you're going to do that as long as, as it's what feels right for you. We know that in a few years you are, you are going to be, you know, Dr. B in a, a, a completely different literal sense. Um, there you go. Yeah. And so, and so we, we know that you're just, you're transitioning from Dr. B to, you know, PH Dr. B, um, but at the same time, I think that there are going to be some really amazing things that, that happen for you and, and in your life and in other people's lives because of you over the next few years. And, and so we're also, and since we, we don't really need to know what's next, we, we've kind of figured that out. You know, the next question that I usually ask my guests is, you know, the show is called Never Call Me Again. And, you know, God forbid something happened, you know what I mean? God forbid something happened during the conversation that you think, oh my, I just can't wait for this to get over. He, I'm, I'm, in block, I'm blocking him. He cannot call me again. I would love to call you again. I would love to sit down and talk with you again on the show someday. And Oh, that would be great, man. I'd love it too. Awesome. Awesome. Dr. B, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on the show. It was a great conversation. 